Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. It's Denise, and you are watching Speak Now Pro Wrestling here on February 14th on F4W Online, and we are going to be chatting about WWE NXT here tonight. And I'm going to start off by saying that I can already tell that today's review is going to be, um, it, it feels a little bit different because I thought today's show was a little bit interesting in terms of some of the reactions that we got from the crowds and uh, some of the matches that were made and I have a feeling that some of us may be on conflicting sides and I cannot wait. Cue the violence, everybody. I am ready. Um, but before we get into that, um, if you are here, uh, especially given that it's it's a holiday, I really uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, Valentine's is honestly one of my favorite holidays out there because I have such fond memories uh, really from like middle school and sharing Valentine's cards and passing out candy bags and all of those little things we used to do back in middle school are some of my favorite uh, childhood memories. Uh, so I always look back fondly. Plus, it's an extra day to get spoiled, let's be honest. Um, so to everybody out there who's getting spoiled today, uh, yay. And if you're lonely, I'm sorry, but, you know, it's still a day to love yourself. Oh, that was super lame. I'm sorry. I, I, I was like, that's how do I tell people like it's okay? Oh, that was a terrible way. Anyways, happy Valentine's Day. Either way, wherever you are in life right now, uh, I hope you guys are having a good one. But uh, we are going to kick things off with our first Super Chat of the day. And this is from Steven, who says, Happy Valentine's Day, Denise. Uh, let's do this. Uh, thank you so much, Steven, for sending in the first Super Chat of the night. Um, I appreciate everybody out here uh, for sending in all the love. Uh, Ryan Barefoot says, It's a violence party. By the way, I've been thinking about changing my theme song, um, but I don't know what... I want to do like another uh, kind of song just to switch things up or like alternate them, but I need some good ideas. So if anyone has like a brilliant idea that I can do, uh, please send it in. Obviously this theme song came about because of the, uh, you know, the, uh, the elite theme song. And that was kind of like a rip off of that, but I need another good theme song. I want to like alternate and stuff. So people don't get sick of the same song over and over again. Um, but anyways, uh, Ender Buckley says the theme song is iconic. It, it is actually, it's pretty great. I really love it. Um, but I do want, uh, I do think I should switch things up a little bit. We'll see. Anyways, let's get into NXT today, guys. Oh man. I can't wait for the discourse on this episode, man, because, um, um, all right, well, let's kick things off with some of the stuff that I don't think this this portion of the show, um, you know, is basically the, the, the portion that I think is going to add a lot of discourses once we get into Braun Breaker and Jinder Mahal. That's going to be really today's, I would say, hot topic. But before we get into that, let's kick things off with Grayson Waller and Tyler Bate. Now, we're going to be talking quite a bit here about Grayson Waller because uh, Grayson Waller and Tyler Bate, first and foremost, they had a pretty good match. You know, Grayson Waller is back from suspension. Uh, he was suspended after interrupting the media call with Shawn Michaels, and they had a pretty good little match here man uh obviously we know that Tyler Bay is a really great wrestler and I'm so happy that you know he's here it feels really refreshing to have him on the brand I'm looking forward to all the different types of matches that we can be seeing that include Tyler Bay I love seeing Tyler Bay just like spin Grayson Waller above his head that's probably one of my favorite parts here um but I also love the finish too because it was one of those things where you uh first saw Grayson Waller roll him up and try to get the win by cheating He's holding on to the ropes, but uh, to gain that extra leverage. But instead, um, we see Tyler Bate quickly counter that and ends up getting the one, two, three. So it kind of left you thinking that we might possibly might possibly be seen more down the line between uh, Grayson Waller and Tyler Tyler Bate. But regardless, Tyler Bate getting the victory over Grayson Waller, who literally just went up against Braun Breaker for the NXT Championship. I, I'm really liking that Tyler Bate got this victory. I think it's definitely the right way to go. And especially given the story that they're going right now with Grayson Waller, I'm looking forward to this now. We'll talk about Braun Breaker in a bit, but I am going to mention him here because Grayson Waller, I did think 
could have had the potential of uh, defeating Braun Breaker. Heading into Vengeance Day, that was, I had a feeling that we might even see Grayson Waller defeat Braun Breaker. Now, that didn't necessarily happen, but the fact that the feeling was even there, I think kind of goes to show just a little bit about, you know, just, just you know, what they're doing with Grayson Waller overall. Now, with Grayson, um, it's been interesting because... Again, he just went up for the NXT championship. He didn't get the NXT championship. So it's like, okay, well, what do you do with the guy now? What is what we're doing with Grayson Waller now? And like I mentioned, he was suspended for interrupting Shawn Michaels in that media call. Immediately following this loss against Tyler Bate, he went to gorilla position and was, you know, basically talking shit to Shawn Michaels and telling him, um, calling him a stooge and this and that. So Shawn Michaels gets him kicked out of the uh, of the venue, gets him kicked out. And so then Shawn, uh, afterwards, we're seeing footage of Grayson Waller get kicked out and he's calling Sean, once again, he's calling him a stooge. He's calling him a hypocrite. hypocrite, And uh, he's pretty much, you know, talking all this smack on Sean and just pretty much not, you know, being, he's being very troublesome. And instantly, one of the things that, um, so if you've been watching NXT on a regular basis, you will know that Shawn Michaels likes to do a lot of like throwback things uh, from past storylines. We've seen quite a bit of this, uh, you know, just what, just last week, we were just talking about this in regards to, um, uh, Gigi and JC Jane and all of that. And, you know, that was a big conversation in terms of uh, the whole, you know, Shawn Michaels, Mari Jannetty, and just all of this stuff, right? So with that being said, the first thing that instantly popped into my head after the whole thing with the uh, media call, him getting suspended, him throwing like a fit backstage and getting kicked out of the building, uh, it was very clear to me that what they're doing with Grayson Waller, it's like if he's almost supposed to be a young, troublesome, you know, HBK, because we all know the stories. We've all heard the stories about Shawn Michaels and, you know, uh, him being hard to work with and this and that. We've all heard the stories. Shawn Michaels himself has made jokes of this um you know on uh on like media calls and stuff like this where sometimes he feels like he is basically getting back I guess a little bit of what he feels he might deserve I forgot how he quoted it but it was really funny like he's mentioned this in media calls so as I'm watching this unfold with Grayson Waller it's very clear that they're trying to maybe uh you know show some similarities there where now kind of Shawn Michaels is dealing with somebody that you know is troublesome the way that maybe he was troublesome in the past so that was like instantly my theory of what they're doing with Grayson Waller. And we did pretty much kind of have a little bit of a confirmation because Booker T um, afterwards, after the part where he was kicked out of the building and he was doing that whole video and going live and complaining and this and that Booker T pretty much just com practically confirmed it by saying that like, yeah, you know, now you're seeing, uh, you know, Shawn Michaels deal with somebody that maybe he might see himself in and now that being Grayson Waller. So I do like the direction of what they're doing right now with Grayson Waller. And I'm curious to see uh, how far they're going to go with it and how much they're going to do with it. Um, Grayson Waller, I feel like you either like Grayson Waller or you dislike Grayson Waller. I almost feel like there's no really in between when it comes to Grayson. Um, I've been a fan of Grayson's for a, quite a bit now in ring wise. I like the person I know he gets like easy heat, but there's a lot of people that don't like Grayson Waller because they see him as a, uh, you know, knockoff version of The Miz, right? Like that's some of the criticisms that you see. So I feel like right now with this current storyline that we're seeing and the character dynamics that we're seeing with Grayson Waller, I think this is his real opportunity to kind of maybe break out of that. So I'm kind of liking what they're doing here and having this very troublesome, uh, you know, bad behaving uh, guy who's pretty much you know, entitled and wants everything his his own way. So I'm kind of looking forward to what they're doing here. But let's get some thoughts in here. We got a couple of super chats. I'm going to read one from Nick Grasso. Thank you so much to Nick for sending in a very generous super chat. Uh, Nick says, I hope that Mako Satamora roxanne Perez match happens before Stan and Deliver with Satamora putting over Roxanne because the end game for her title run needs to be Tiffany, Tiffany Stratton. So here's the thing. And again, we'll talk more about this later, but just to, uh, you know, also acknowledge Nick Grosso's super chat. We closed off the night with Roxanne Perez and Mako, um, both of them having this, uh, you know, kind of like a stare off, but not in a way that is 
how do I say it? it was a friendly competition. We pretty much knew that this was something that we were going to get to, which I'm completely stoked about because one of the things I was talking about last week was that I didn't want to see Roxanne Perez almost be like, I didn't want the NXT Women's Championship to be like a side thing where she's going out there and doing tag team matches or whatever. She's getting involved in the tag team program. I'm glad they didn't do that. Uh, I'm I'm glad the way that they uh, work this just to have Mako come in and then end up leading to an actual matchup. So I think most of us figured that that's the direction that they were going to go in. So today when you had Mako basically telling Roxanne Perez, like, hey, I did you a favor by coming in and filling in as your tag team partner, but now I'm asking you for a favor. And she essentially challenges her for the NXT Women's Championship. I love this. I love this because I said this right away. There's nothing better than a fighting champion. There's Especially if they are a baby face, you want to cheer for a fighting champion. And right now, uh, Roxanne Perez, for the most part, is doing just that, at least right now with uh, this upcoming match with Mako uh, Saramora. Uh, I don't think they actually announced when the match is taking place. I'm assuming... No, they didn't announce it for next week, I don't think. But um, I'm definitely hoping that this does. I don't think that this should be her. um, No, it's definitely not going to be her stand and deliver opponent because commentary did say at the end of this match, they did say that Mako is essentially her obstacle uh, heading into WrestleMania and whether or not she would be making it to WrestleMania. So they basically implied that this match would be happening beforehand. But the other thing that I do want to address is uh, your comment about Tiffany Stratton. And that is one of the things I was thinking about when the show closed out, I started thinking like, who should be Roxanne Perez's, um, you know, big opponent at stand and deliver for WrestleMania weekend, who should be Roxanne Perez's opponent. And right now, um, I'm still not completely sure what direction or who they're going to go with, but I'm glad that you mentioned Tiffany Stratton because you know, she's a fan favorite now. She has grown the people like her, all of that good stuff. But she's definitely somebody that I would put up there as Roxanne Perez's opponent. I can't think of anybody else, really, because everybody else that I would consider an opponent for Roxanne Perez is kind of doing, you know, something else. You got Gigi and JC, they're doing their program. You got Isla Dawn doing everything with Alba Fire and, and, you know, so on. And all the other girls are not really just there just yet. So Ruka's just getting her start. Um, Wendy Chu, still a little bit confused on what they're going right now with Wendy Chu. So Tiffany Stratton is kind of one of the only people that I can really see them working their way towards having it be having her be that opponent against Roxanne Perez. And she's also a good heel. So I am liking that you mentioned Tiffany Stratton because I really wasn't uh, thinking about her at this time. Uh, so thank you so much to Nick Grasso for pointing that out there. Uh, we got another generous super chat here from Danny Padilla. Thank you so much to Danny who says, um, Hi, Denise. You ever have that one guilty pleasure wrestler before or currently someone who has nothing special in all areas, but you can't help but watch them anyway. My vote goes to trick uh, gr- uh, growing up. It was, oh, okay. His, his growing, he it goes to trick for him, but growing up for him, it was Lex Luger. This is a really great question, Danny. Now, there's a couple of people that I was fans of back then that maybe, I don't know, maybe not a lot of people were fans of. Off the top of my head, somebody that pops up is the Great Collie. I was a fan of the Great Collie. Like, I know he's no, like, I'm not going to go out there and say he's, you know, having all these five-star matches or anything like that. But I always really enjoyed watching the Great Collie. Another person that I was a fan of back in the day was Muhammad Hassan. Uh, I was a fan of his, man. Uh I don't know why I was just always a fan. There's just some people that you're like, I like this person. I don't really know why, but I like this person. Uh, He's somebody that I would definitely consider maybe like a guilty pleasure wrestler. Um, I'm probably not thinking. I'm thinking more in terms of maybe people you wouldn't consider. You wouldn't consider being a fan of necessarily when you think of like the very, very, your very best, right? Your very favorite wrestlers. Um, Who else? Someone that wasn't popular or too popular. I'm trying to think, and I'm probably going to think of some better answers later on, but those are some of the ones from the past that I know I was just like randomly drawn to. And then for right now, uh, I was going to say Willie Mack for current, but I feel like that's no longer an answer because I feel like he's still, now he's getting a little bit more of his due. Still not so much because it's not like he's been a, um, 
you know, working for like a top, top promotion like AEW or WWE. While he does have just recently did those AEW appearances, it's not like he's, you know, there every week or something like that. So I do kind of, I don't know if I would consider him a guilty pleasure wrestler. No, I don't think that would be a, a good person to name just because I do think he gets his due and he's popular with the people that, you know, seen his work but I'm gonna probably think of some better answers but right now I'm gonna stick with the ones I gave you but damn this is gonna be bothering me I'm gonna go and like look through everybody and be like who is on my list um but thank you so much to Danny Padilla for having me go down uh, memory lane for right now I appreciate it uh if you guys have somebody throw them in man because there are who knows there might be some people that I'm like hey I agree with that one but anyways all right so let's go ahead and uh move on from here and let's get into um, Josh Briggs, Brooks Jensen going on. Well, I was about to say Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen going on a date, but they didn't go on a date with each other. Uh, okay, so Brooks Jensen, he's basically been um, for for the longest time. He's been the guy that's crushing on almost every girl backstage and he can't necessarily, he doesn't have the best of luck with women. We've been seeing this. He's a little too, he has a good heart. It, it, he's, it, his heart is in the right places, but it just hasn't happened for him. But man, they did him dirty, bro. Okay, they did him dirty. I'm sorry, but so the whole thing that they're doing here, for those of you who did not watch NXT. So, Jensen is getting ready to go on a date with Kiana James. He has a crush on her. They're getting ready to go on a Valentine's date. And he basically reveals to his buddy, Josh Briggs, that he's a virgin, right? And I'm thinking like, oh, that's kind of embarrassing, right? Like to have to go out there and be like, oh yeah, I'm a virgin. Like in storyline, right? But still, but still, it's still embarrassing, okay? Storyline, non-storyline, it's embarrassing. So he's like, yeah, you know, but he doesn't say like that, but he basically insinuates that he's a virgin. And I'm like, oh, okay, like that's pretty funny. But they go one step further and he's like, I've never kissed a girl and he's 22 years old. And I'm thinking, oh, no, they did him dirty. They did him so dirty, storyline-wise, making him go out there and be a virgin who's never kissed a girl. That's embarrassing. That's sad. So poor Brooks Jensen. I'm rooting for him, man. Uh, they made him into, uh, I don't want to say they made him into, but he's kind of already been a likable character, especially when it comes to the girl stuff and this and that. But now with this, I feel like, man, I'm ready to root for the guy man they made him inst like even though they did him dirty they made him lovable where i'm rooting for brooks jensen's um love life like i want the guy to get his first kiss i want him to score man i'm rooting for brooks jensen <laughs> so he's getting ready to go on a date with kiana james and um you know they show some pictures and all of this of their date and whatever right but felon henley basically reveals to jensen that or to josh briggs rather that apparently there is um something she needs to tell him right there's something she needs to tell him and i'm like okay she goes out there he's about to he he walks kiana to her door and he's about to give her you know he's he's about to go in uh, earlier in the night, Josh Briggs taught him the 90-10, which I apparently was completely unaware of. Uh, I, I don't know if the 90-10 is actually a real thing. If you guys want to inform me, I'm not a guy, so I wouldn't know about this. Um, but apparently the 90-10 is the guy goes 90% and the girl meets him 10%. Um, I haven't dated in a long time, guys. I'm already set in stone, you know, whatever, right? Um, <laughs> so he tells him about the 90-10 and you, he has to go in 90% and then let the girl come in for the 10%, whatever. So he's like telling, <laughs> so he's, they're doing the little thing. He walks her to the door and he's getting ready to make his big move and finally get the courage to kiss her. But then Fallon Henley comes in and she's like, don't do it. She's cheating on you. I heard her on the phone say she loves some guy named Zach. Well, it turns out that Zach is apparently her brother. And in case you're wondering if she was lying, um, no, the brother opens the door and he's like, oh, you're home. And that was that. 
Kiana tells her, you know, you need to trust me. And she basically ruins the moment. They're all mad at her. And my guess from this is that clearly Fallon has not trusted Kiana. She she didn't want to be partners with her. She didn't want any of this. She didn't want them to be tag team champions. She didn't want any of this with them. She was kind of forced into this and she's never really liked Kiana. So my whole thing is I'm assuming at the end of this, she's going to basically be right. Like in the end, she, her, her bad instincts about Kiana are pretty much going to be uh, verified. So that's what I'm expecting is going to uh, be happening here. Um, but yeah, seriously, damn, uh, damn poor Brooks Jensen <laughs> for reals, man. Um, I'm rooting for him. Let's go for the guy, man. Uh <laughs> Piz243 says, well, look at Denise looking all bougie. So I got to tell you, I feel like I look bougie with the sweater, but I paid 50 bucks for it at Forever 21. I'm going to wear it. And it's a little cold here. Um, in, uh, right now, it's a little cold. And it's Valentine's Day. So even though I, you know who I feel like with this big coat, coat? I feel like Seth Rollins. Honestly, you know when he was coming out with those big coats? That's what I feel like right now, Seth Rollins. But I do recognize that I do look bougie on this stream. Uh, but I was just, this is the only pink thing I have. I have like two pink things, but you know, whatever. All right, uh, but this was funny. Uh, oh, I didn't know this. Dante NYC says that whole 90-10 shtick was from the movie Hitch. Oh, I didn't know that. Thank you so much for uh, sending that in. I appreciate it. Uh, Christopher says I look like Taya Valkyrie. Yeah, she got the fur coats too. Oh, and she holds the phone. She also did this hairstyle. Oh crap. I'm literally dressed like Taya Valkyrie at this moment. <laughs> um, all right. So, um, Anyways, this was funny. This was lovable. I thought this was the perfect episode to do this with, uh, you know, the Valentine's dating thing and NXT tries to do, you know, these, well, they don't do it as much anymore, but when they first started doing the NXT 2.0 thing, they went into, they, they leaned very towards the sexiness and, uh, you know, people dating and love lives and all of this, you know, stuff that they were doing, they leaned very heavily into it. They're not leaning so heavily into it now, um, but it is still something that we see on the show, which is fine. You know, I'm not going to be those people. So recently, and I don't know where you guys land on this argument, but recently on these like pop culture accounts that I follow, because, you know, I'm all up on the drama. Uh, there have been people complaining that they feel there's too much hanky panky on television shows. And while I while I do feel that, you know, shows maybe like Euphoria, they just had too much dongs, you know, floating around and this and that. And I did not like that. I really did not. It was too much for me. I didn't want to watch that. Um, but there was people that were like, you need to normalize not having too many. I'm going to say hanky panky scenes and I'm reading that. I'm going, what y'all had a problem with this. Come on now. Y'all are ruining. You are ruining the fun for people. Uh, it, it, I don't agree with that argument. Anyways, don't want to go off base here. So what I'm saying is I'm not opposed to them doing the, the lovey dovey stuff. As long as it comes across, as long as it comes across as either funny or lovable. Right. So like Brooks Jensen here is lovable when they were doing the index storyline. That was pretty lovable, too. It's got to be something that the audience, you know, kind of likes as well. Like when they were doing um, Electra Lopez and Zion Quinn, that was just weird. That was just weird. Like you knew they were just doing it just to get some hot scenes on TV with no purpose really behind it. That was weird. Um, but if they do it in a lovable, funny way, then it's entertaining. But there you go. Um, all right, so moving on from here, and uh, let's get into um, Apollo Crews. He's still writing on his notebook. He wants his revenge against Dabakato. That's fine. There's nothing more to add there, guys. I've said my piece about this last week. Um, JC Jane's. Let's let's get into JC Jane because this is this was the hot topic last week. Last week we had the official official breakup of Toxic Attraction, and um, not the fake breakup the official breakup. So JC Jane was promoted as coming out here to explain her actions and why she turned on uh, Gigi Dolan. So JC Jane, one of the things I've said about her numerous times is that she's absolutely perfect in being a mean girl. She knows how to play the role. She's very good at it. Um, and I have to completely still agree with everything that I've said before, because she went out there and I thought she did a pretty good job. She had a lengthy promo in there. She had a, she had a lot that they had her go out there and say. But basically, the whole thing about this was that 
Um, you know, she that that everything is all about her. She plays the footage again of when she turns on Gigi Dolan. She basically tells Gigi that uh, her days of taking all the credits uh, of doing half the work and taking all the credits is officially over. She then refers to her supposedly accidentally as um, she calls her uh, Janetti. And you guys know, obviously, that's in reference to Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels and the Rockers and all of that. And, you know, all the, the jokes and everything that have come off of that. And so she goes, she corrects herself and she's like, oops, I didn't mean to say like, she said, sorry, Jannetty, I mean, Gigi. And so basically implying that she's the Shawn Michaels of the duo and that Gigi Jolin is the Marty Jannetty of the duo. I love this. I love this because, again, we saw, you know, shades of that last week. And then, you know, her adding this in uh, here today, I thought was pretty hilarious. So I love this. She goes on to say that no one cares about uh, Chucky anymore. Again, she keeps calling uh, Gigi Dolan Chucky because of the red hair. And then she tells the people, screw you. You guys all thought. I mean, this was a you people promo. Don't get me wrong. This was a you people promo. She tells the people, um, you guys all saw me as a third wheel. You guys saw me as somebody that didn't belong in the group, but now I'm the last one standing. And I'm like, ooh, ouch, because we all know how Mandy Rose ended up essentially exiting the company because she was, you know, basically dropped for, you know, we won't get into all of that right now. But uh, that was kind of an ouch moment there from JC Jane. But um, this was good stuff. We are going to be seeing JC Jane versus Indy Hartwell next week. Uh, they also show an image of uh, Gigi Dolan, like all beat up and red and stuff. That was a good little beat down that she did on Gigi. Uh, I really liked it last week and I love seeing the replay again this week because I thought they both did a tremendous job. And I know a lot of people were kind of bummed to see the breakup of Toxic Attraction. And again, I agreed with that last week, but at the same time, I'm excited to see them as enemies um, because I think they're going to, this is the time now, like we're going to see uh, both of these girls kind of break out, but in a different type of way. And obviously in, as a uh, solo uh, at single star. So I'm excited to see what this does for both JC and Gigi. So either way, that's where kind of where we're at. I did think the promo, the promo was a little long, but you know what? She nailed it. She went out there and she, I thought she did a really good job. She's great with the facial expression. She's, she knows what she's doing. So good for her. Um, Shelton Jackson sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Sheldon. Uh, by the way, it was nice meeting you on our virtual meetup. Uh, Sheldon Jackson says, JC Jane is not her, period. After that promo, I didn't believe a word. She said her buy it. I still believe Gigi is a star, not JC. Oh, man. Sheldon coming in here with them hot takes, guys. Look, Gigi Dolan is clearly going to get, like, I'm excited to see Gigi Dolan as a baby face because we have not seen that yet from her. Uh, we've only seen the mean, toxic attraction version of Gigi Dolan. Uh, we haven't really seen her as a baby face. So this is going to be a new thing for us in terms of seeing Gigi Dolan as a baby face. I'm excited to see how she does in that role. Um, it's going to be a challenge because I do personally think it's easier to be a heel than to be a baby face. But the crowd loves Gigi Dolan, you know, especially based off of this, you know, based off of um, some of the crowd reaction that we were seeing here today, like when JC Jane was actually the crowd was a little 50 50 on this one, because I forgot what chant they were chanting, but they were rooting for Gigi, but then they were rooting for JC. So it's almost like maybe people are a little bit torn on this one where I feel like people might like both girls here. But in terms of uh, I do think JC has a lot of potential to me when it came to the mean girl stuff and all of that to me jc jane stood out a lot more than Gigi on that front that's why the second that she was the one that turned on Gigi and not the other way around it was very obvious that jc was the right person to have turn into um a heel so or to be the heel in this uh scenario right so i think now is going to be a fun little i think it's gonna be fun to see jo Gigi as the uh baby face it's going to be different because, again, we're so used to toxic attraction being uh, the mean girls and all of this. So uh, it's going to be a challenge, but we'll see. I'm excited for it. But I don't think that I do definitely buy JC Jane as a. Uh, as a heel, for sure. Uh, thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson for sending in this hot take. I appreciate it. 
Um, all right, so uh, let's go ahead and uh, continue on from this. We did get a, a little video vignette for Sol Ruka. I'm so glad that they did this because so far, you know, Sol Ruka, she's came in and, you know, she was kind of doing her thing for a bit on NXT and then she went viral for doing the snow, the soul snatcher. I was going to say snow, <laughs> uh, the soul snatcher. And, uh, that went kind of viral on uh, social media and whatnot. And ever since, you know, they saw that, you clearly saw them kind of push her a little bit more. Uh, you know, we did do talk a lot about her last week. But um, but for the most part, now we kind of, I don't think we really heard her talk before. Like, this was the first time I think I've heard her voice uh, during this little video. But they kind of told us a little bit more about her in this uh, video. So she basically says that, you know, growing up, um, she had a deal with her parents. And the deal was that as long as she kept her grades up at school, and as long as she got a college, uh, a scholarship for college, then she could pretty much miss whenever and, you know, take up other interests and do other things. So she was, you know, surfing, snowboarding, photography, and, you know, just basically a well-rounded child, gymnastics, you name it. So she was out there pretty much doing anything she wanted, which is kind of cool. You know, she was saying that she's a free spirit, she's creative, and that's who she is in the ring. I loved this. Are you kidding me? So Ruka, I want to hang out with So Ruka. Like, So Ruka... I would love to be friends with Soruka. Just putting this out there right now. I mean, I can't snowboard. I can't surf. I can watch, though. I can watch. Um, but really, though, I did. I do think that they did a really good job with this video because you want to know more. I was just talking about this last week. You know, her being a Californian girl, that's all we knew. We didn't know anything else. Um, so, <laughs> so there you go. Oh, man. And I was just saying this, too. There's two types of Californian girls. There's Sol Ruka, who's like, who's, who's, you know, free spirit out there doing all these cool ex extreme sports and being awesome. And then there's the there's more of like the influencer type of um, Californian girls. I hate to say it. I lean more towards the others. I, I lean more opposite of Sol Ruka. Man, but I want to be her friend, though. She seems like a cool person. Uh, anyway, so let's press on from this, everybody. Um, let's get into, uh, <laughs> uh, let's get into, and this is true, by the way, this is from AU who says Priscilla Kelly was a, was a rat as hell. Gigi's already big time. Yeah, she was, she was, you know, she was already popular in the independent wrestling scene. Uh, people obviously knew her as Priscilla Kelly. And yeah, she was already pretty much making a name for herself. So yeah, Gigi Dolan already has a little bit more of that built-in fan base. Whereas JC Jane, you know, you don't really have too much, you may not have too much background on her uh, prior to her WWE days. It pretty much depends on all of it, but we'll see. Um, all right. So, oh man. Twitchface says the Denise and Soul show with the host Denise Salcedo and Big Soul S. Oh man, she's too cool. Oh yeah, Big Soul R, excuse me. She's too cool. All right, uh, moving on from this, we got Thea versus Tiffany Stratton. And basically, uh, if you guys recall, Thea got kidnapped last week by a uh, freaking Ava Rain and the schism. And who knows what creepy cult stuff they did to our girl Thea Hale, but they have traumatized that poor woman, okay? Last week, she came out there screaming and hollering and shaking and throwing herself on the floor, and it looks like she had been, you know, seeing ghosts or whatever. So, she's getting ready for this match with Tiffany Stratton, but she's still a little bit on the edge, and Andre Chase and Duke Hudson, they try to have a little pep talk with her before her match. And it's really funny because she starts saying, like, you guys are right. I need to confront fear. And she goes, I need to say, hi, fear. I'm Thea. And she's really great at the comedic stuff, everyone. I mean, we've talked about Thea and how good she is at all of this. But she's got the character, the charisma, the personality stuff down to a T. Um, she could have... This character could have easily been incredibly annoying, but she made it very lovable. Uh, the Thea Hale character is honestly one of my favorites on NXT. And so, you know, she's out there trying to do her match with Tiffany Stratton, but she's being watched by the schism and by Joe Gacy and the little mask and everything. And so throughout this match, she's pretty much distracted. She's terrified. And so this essentially lands her her loss. Tiffany Stratton's hit, Tiffany Stratton hits her incredible moonsault and she gets the win. And poor Thea is still traumatized 
from her kidnapping. She, you know what? Now that I think about it, she's one of the first people that has been kidnapped on NXT that actually shows some signs of PTSD or trauma or any of this. Everybody else who was like kidnapped, maybe wrong, but I'm pretty sure everybody else who was kidnapped like forgot about it a week later. So you know what? I'm glad that they're at least showing the, the damages of being kidnapped. Damn, poor Thea. Um, Jesus. All right. And uh, let's see what else we got here. This is from Major Blood who says, Chase, you in general have become very endearing. I think they have the characters and personalities down. Uh, down. Uh, Thea, Thea still has a way to go in the ring, but she'll get there. I really love Thea Hale, guys. Um, yeah, I really, really like, I really like it. Switchface Force says, I kind of look like Britt Baker this week. Damn, I went from Taya to, no, I went from Seth Rollins to Taya to Britt Baker. <laughs> I'm just looking like everyone, dressing like everybody today. <laughs> oh, man, it's funny. All right, so, um, and Jones says, that's our first NXT kidnapping of the year, but it will not be the last. It certainly will be the last. I still laugh because when um, when I did the NXT thing, I posted this uh this tweet about how I survived the NXT parking lot. And before I left, Shawn Michaels literally told me, he's all, we're going to have to change that. And I was, cause he saw the tweet or someone showed it to him. I don't know. And he said, we're going to have to change that. And I was like, oh shit. Shawn Michaels saw my tweet. What? Um, I love that. But anyway, so uh, just, I feel like I told this story already before, but it's a story you want to tell again. Oh man, I'm that person now that just tells the same story over and over. Shit. All right. Um, <laughs> don't worry. This one time at band camp, that's going to be me now. Except I'm going to be like, this one time at NXT. Oh, hold on. This one time at the Performance Center. All right, moving on. Um, what else do we got here? Javier Bernal is looking for a heavy time. I think I said that right. Heavy time? No, Javi, no, Javi, Javi Tyne, Javi Tyne. So <laughs> Javier Bernal goes to the back and he's uh, Tatum Paxley and Ivy Nile are doing their thing. And Javi comes and he's like, oh, I want to talk to Tatum. And he totally disregards Ivy Nile. And I'm like, oh, that's rude. That's so rude. And he tells her, he brings out this big heart of chocolate with his face on it. And he goes, do you want to be my hobby time? And she's like, no. And then he turns his focus to Ivy Nile. And he's like, Ivy, so do you want to be my hobby time? And she's like, sure. And then she kicks his ass. Um, so that was pretty funny. I actually really love this. Um, this was probably my favorite um, Javier Bernal a uh, little funny comedic skit that we've gotten. Cause I did I have liked the little stuff that we see them do with Mackenzie Mitchell, but this one was really funny. This one was by far uh, the funniest one because I love that the second he got rejected by one girl, he was like, okay, well now I'm going to go to plan B. And so she wasn't having any of that. That was, that was perfectly executed. I was a fan of that. A real, real big fan of that. Uh, and her Buckley says, have time always blowing it with the ladies. I know, man. I know. All right. Um, moving on from this, we got Axiom versus Damon Kemp. Uh, two weeks ago, Damian Kemp essentially jumped Axiom for no reason at all. I guess he just didn't like him and decided to jump him. And so now we ended up getting this match. I like this match, honestly. But here's the thing. Well, before I get to it, um, there were some good moments in this. I love seeing Damon basically kick off the match and get Axiom with a bunch of suplexes. He gets some of the really good clothesline on the outside of the ring. Axiom, Axiom. Finally gets the upper hand. He hits him with the drop kick. And then, you know, the match starts to go a little bit more his direction. He finally gets the win. Um, the thing that I was thinking about during this match, though, is that I don't want to see Axiom lose because, you know, he's pretty much been, yeah, he's been rising, right? So I was happy that he won this match because he's been doing a good job and he's been pretty impressive. I, I mentioned I became a fan with him, especially after the, the third Nathan Frazier match. But I also didn't want to see Damon Kemp lose. I didn't think Damon Kemp could necessarily afford a loss. And I almost feel like, and I'm still kind of bummed out about this because um, I've said this before, but the Damon Kemp Julius Creed ambulance match was legitimately one of my favorite matches that night. And 
I want to see more of Damon Kemp. And I've said this already, but I really do want to see more of Damon Kemp. And so Damon Kemp, Damon Kemp. Oh my God. Anyways, but the point is that I really think that he, he shouldn't, I didn't want to see him get this loss tonight. I really did it. It gives Axiom, it was a solid little win for him. It really was. But I just don't think that Damon Kemp should be uh, picking them, that getting them owls right now. I would really like to see him start to get a little bit of a winning streak because he's really good and we're seeing that. And I think there's just so much more to be done there um, with Damon Kemp. So personally, that's a little bit of where I was here where I didn't necessarily want to see either of these guys I'll lose this match, but it was a little fun, uh, entertaining match, though. I will say that I really, I really like that. My man says Kemp is boring. No, no way. Damon Kemp is not boring. No way. Um, I think maybe because they haven't given him like an actual character, but I don't think he's boring. I think he's one of those guys that, um, how do I explain it? The second you see him like go at it in the ring and, and he does these explosive moves, then you're like, oh shit, like look at this guy. I don't think Damon Kemp is boring. Granted, he doesn't have this big larger than life personality, but um, I don't I wouldn't consider him boring. I think there's a lot of other guys that I would consider more boring than Damon Kemp or more on the boring side than Damon Kemp. I don't think Damon Kemp's one of them. Um, all right, so let's move on from here. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, let's see, let's see. Let's get into uh, the Braun Breaker stuff. Here we go, everybody. I said this would be possibly the most uh, polarizing topic of the day. And I know this because I already saw my Twitter feed. Anyway, so let's get into this. So Braun Breaker returns. He uh, retained his, his championship at NXT Vengeance Day, defeating Grayson Waller. And I think for the most part, and people are probably torn on this one. You didn't know for sure if it was going to be Grayson, if it was going to be Breaker. You didn't really know, but Breaker retains. And um, Breaker's out there and he's talking and instantly you're getting the Braun Breaker such chance. Not necessarily the entire building, but there's a small little portion of it. You can start to hear it. And he's interrupted by Jinder Mahal and Indusher. And I'm thinking, oh, no, I'm sorry, guys, I'm going to hinder the gender. If you are a gender stan, you might hate me now. But I'm sorry, I did not, for the life of me, did not want to see this. And I'm thinking, oh, one of the things I've been saying when regards to Braun Breaker, and the thing that I've think has the thing that I feel has impacted his reign as NXT champion, because he came in very promising. Everybody was very excited about Braun Breaker. And then that quick, not quickly, but it, it faded away rather a little fast. And a lot of the reason for that was he was in feuds that weren't interesting. People weren't interested in him and Apollo Crews. People weren't interested in him and Joe Gacy. Um, the Dolph Ziggler thing, I personally hated. I know some people were interested in it, but I hated it. Um, um, Grayson Waller was probably definitely on the better side of feuds that he's done, but the match itself didn't necessarily get rave reviews by any means. So I'm thinking, okay, we need to get him some great opponents. We need to get him some good stuff. But they bring out Jinder Mahal and Indusher. Indusher, who like literally has been talking about how they don't get any respect on this brand. And then they defeated the Creed Brothers. I'm still mad about that. I don't even want to talk about it. I already talked about it last time. But he respectfully interrupts. He comes out there and he tells um, he tells Braun Breaker that, you know, he understands the pressure of being champion and, you know, being the face of the entire brand. And he knows that the he's carrying all of the weight on his shoulders. And then as he's literally talking and saying this promo, all of a sudden, we went from having maybe a couple of people in the crowd, you know, chanting Braun Breaker sucks to a little bit more people chanting Braun Breaker sucks. And I'm thinking, oh, crap, this is this is not looking good for Braun Breaker. Now, granted, it wasn't the entire building, guys. OK, but it was a good amount where you were hearing it come through very nicely audio wise. And here's the thing. It wasn't even like it was weird because usually when you get like, oh, this person sucks. If the whole building doesn't feel that way, you're still you'll get people that'll be like, 
you know, combating that chance and you'll have like a 50-50 chance. No, we didn't see that here. This was, you were either chanting that Braun Breaker sucks or they weren't saying anything. <laughs> Literally, that's what was happening here. So I'm thinking, oh my God, they, he's supposed to be, He's supposed to be our babyface champion here on NXT. And the man is being booed. And not only is he being booed, but, you know, people are chanting Braun Breaker sucks. And then on top of that, they're cheering for Jinder Mahal. Now, again, I'm going to be the jerk that hinders the gender. But what? I'm sitting here and I'm feeling like I'm in an alternate universe. Now, I really like Jinder. He's a nice guy. So this is all character-wise. Character-wise, I don't care about Jinder Mahal. So I'm just sitting here thinking, this is really what we're going with Braun Breaker when the crowd's already pretty much turning on Braun Breaker and they pretty much had been turning on Braun Breaker for a long time. And I know this because I read the chat. I see your guys' comments. I know what people are saying. I'm on Twitter. I'm seeing what people are saying on Twitter. And I know people like to say like, oh, people online don't matter. Twitter's just a fake place. And well, you know, I agree with some stuff of that. I don't agree with the entire thing. I do think that a lot of people's criticisms on Twitter and people... People talking on Twitter are real people. So you're clearly going to, you know, take into account what those people are saying. So I know that people for a long time now have felt that Braun Breaker is getting boring. I know this. We've talked about this. And I've been out here defending it. I've been out here saying, you know what? I get it, guys. I'm not even going to lie. I get it. But I did think a big reason for that was because of the opponents that he was with, the stories that he was getting, they weren't interesting. And that's the reason why, or part of the reason why, you know, um, just a lot of stuff hasn't been working for Braun Breaker. And man, this bumps me out so much because again, I like Braun Breaker. I want to see him succeed as NXT champion. I, I'm here for it. I, I, I think if he goes out there and he wrestles so many other different guys, you, I know he'd get some good stuff. But so that's been my big criticism, right? It's, it's who he's working with, the kind of matches and the stories that we've been seeing surrounding his his reign as NXT champion. So then we got gender thrown in on all of this. And I'm thinking, oh no, um, I hate to say this, man, but I'm just not interested here. Now, I will say this. I do think this is going, to, I'm hoping that this is just a quick one-off thing where we get what we got here tonight. Next week, we do have Jinder Mahal versus Braun Breaker for the NXT Championship. No way in hell do I want to see Jinder Mahal defeat Braun Breaker for the NXT Championship. If that happens, I hate to be this person, but I'm going to have to like start a little riot or something. Like I'll meet you guys on the corner of my block and maybe riot just a little bit because while I do think things need to be shaken up for Braun Breaker, while they do need to maybe make some moves, switch things up, add a little life in there, uh, I do not think having Jinder Mahal defeat Braun Braun Breaker is the right way to go. I'm still on the board. I'm still on the train that I want to see Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes at NXT stand and deliver. Maybe see uh, Carmelo Hayes get some golds there. Um, that right now is where I'm leaning towards. So I hope that this is just a nice little, you know what? It got people talking. That's good. You want people talking about the show, clearly. Um, if this was a means just to get people talking and this is going to be a two-week thing, I'm okay with that. Anything more than two weeks, I'm out. Okay, I'm going to give this two weeks. This to me expires immediately after after this match next week. I do, I do not want to see a full-on story between Braun Breaker and Jinder Mahal. So I'm sorry. Sorry to all the Jinder fans, but I'm going to hinder the Jinder here. Apologies to everybody. What do you guys think? Let's see what we got here. Nick Grasso sends in a super chat saying the fans chanting Braun Breaker sucks and booing him is a bad sign for him in NXT. And it all started with the Ziggler feud and got worse with the Gacy feud. Time to go to the main roster. And I remember sitting here, guys. I remember sitting here talking about this thing with Dolph Ziggler. And I said they should not have done that. They should have not done the back and forth between the having Dolph Ziggler be champion and then Braun Breaker and then back and forth. It killed a little bit of that momentum, especially if you weren't going to follow it up with these hot challengers. And unfortunately, the Joe Gacy feud um, just was not good. It was too much of the hocus pocus stuff. It wasn't 
necessarily it, it was more hokey than anything and so unfortunately that didn't go so well uh again the apollo cruise the apollo cruise match like it was good the apollo cruise match was good don't get me wrong but nobody cared or believed that apollo cruise was actually going to defeat braun breaker heading into that match and you don't want that i mean this is a championship match on your pay-per-view you want to have somebody that the fans are actually gonna buy that may just possibly defeat Braun Breaker and Apollo Crews, unfortunately, did not necessarily, you know, make people believe that. So it, all of that, I do think, impacted Braun Breaker's NXT Championship reign. Uh, thank you so much to Nick for that super chat. Jinder, Danny Padilla sends in a super chat saying, wait a sec, Jinder Mahal has fans. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, this has been a topic on social media. I don't know if it's nostalgia. I don't know if it's just people wanting to be different i don't know uh but thank you so much to danny padilla for uh setting this in as well it's much appreciated for setting this in uh steven says if gender wins denise invades the nxt parking lot yeah and then i get kidnapped so nothing happens <laughs> we get no resolution i won't even make it into the door i'll get kidnapped and that's it um but thank you so much to steven for sending this in man all right let's see what people are saying or are talking about here because i'm curious about your guys' thoughts on this this is from Grande hero who says this was a very meta segment gender talking about fans turning on boring breaker while they were chanting he sucks and that's the thing is that gender mahal is the heel in this we're not supposed to be rooting for gender mahal yet Yet he was making some sense. He even told Braun Breaker, the people are turning on you. And then they were. Oh, my God. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, I got one from Oreo Guy Games. It says, Braun Breaker has defended that championship as it was supposed to be defended. Breaker is an amazing ass champion. I do think that Breaker has a lot of qual great qualities. Again, I'm here for him being champion. They just need to spice it up man uh they just need to spite it spice it up there um this is from sheldon who says but remember the plan was for dolph to hold the title for a while before vince stepped in and made the decision to take it off of dolph and put it back on braun uh i whether he was gonna have the belt for a while or not for a while i don't think that they should have taken the belt off of braun breaker i really do not um ever think that they should have taken out the belt off of braun breaker um all right so Let's see what else we got here and see what people are uh, saying about this. Um, this is from Zeno Hour who says, I guarantee you the crowd will be fully behind Mello winning the NXT title at Stand and Deliver. They would be wise to make Braun the heel in the feud. I, to me, this <laughs> Twitch face forces. <laughs> All right, this one wins comment of the day. Uh, 141, two thirds percent of the fans were chanting it. <laughs> obviously a nod to the Steiner math um look don't get me wrong guys this was not everybody in the building chanting it okay but it was a good little amount that was coming through on the television screen and um this is not something that just this did not just sprout out of nowhere like this did not just start today guys this is something that has been talked about now for weeks all right this is not the first time we've touched on this subject so if you think that this just started this week it did not we were already having this conversation about Braun Breaker as NXT champion so man um I lost my train of thought here but we'll see I do feel bad again I want to see Braun Breaker succeed man uh I've said it a million times but that match with JD McDonough and Ilya Dragunov was my favorite uh Braun Breaker match that we've seen as him as NXT champion I think there's so much potential to be had there it's just a matter of getting more interesting stories and not having them come across as you know work work around those flaws that you know may not be working for everybody but We'll see, guys. We will see. All right, so let's move on from here. And I think that was all I wanted to say about this. Yeah, hope I didn't forget something, but I think I covered everything I wanted to say. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. This one's gonna be very. This one's gonna be very interesting to follow along to. But we got Wesley doing an open challenge for the NXT North American Championship, and it's answered by everyone's favorite, Von Wagner. All right, so Vaughn, Vaughn's been an interesting topic on this show too. I was not expecting Vaughn Wagner. I was pretty sure we were going to be seeing Tony D. <laughs> that was my prediction. 
I was pretty sure. I'm like, okay, it's going to be Tony D'Angelo answering the freaking open challenge. Nah, it was Von Wagner. And here's the thing. I thought this worked. I actually really liked the way that this turned out. So I got nothing negative to say here uh, because um, Von Wagner and Wesley, clearly the big thing here is that there is a huge size discrepancy between both guys. And Wesley, I have said before, they need to keep doing stuff like what they did with him and Dijak at Vengeance Day. That's been the most interesting thing we've seen from Wesley as NXT North American champion was that match that he had with Dijak at Vengeance Day. That's the only thing that I can legitimately say I've been a fan of. And I said this right afterwards on some post show. I don't even know what show anymore. But on one of the shows, I said we need to keep doing stuff like this with Wesley. And this match with Von Wagner was, I thought, a pretty good win for Wesley. He goes out there, beats down a man that's more than twice his size. Granted, it's Von Wagner, but so the hell what? He still beat him. It looked impressive. It looked cool when he got him with the, uh, what does he call it? The cardiac kick or something? I forget. Um, so he gets his win, and good for him. I'm a fan. Um, was a fan of this. Excuse me. I was a fan of this. We need to talk about Von Wagner afterwards because Von Wagner has been out there with Robert Stone and we have seen Robert Stone get frustrated with Von Wagner and he's called him out on a lot of his uh, flaws and a lot of why things aren't working out for him and this and that and we kind of saw the exact same thing again so they get backstage Von's pissed that he lost and Robert Stone keeps telling them you know he says, you've got to break your walls down <laughs> and he, sa he, he says the same thing he told him last week Help me help you. And he tells them, you're not connecting with people. You're just, a, you're just a meme. There's a guy inside of you, but you need to help me help you get him out. You know, I'm liking Robert Stone and Von Wagner in these little interactions backstage. I don't hate this. I'm feeling this out. I'm liking it so far. I think Robert Stone's doing a pretty good job with the, you know, trying to bring something out of Von Wagner that we haven't seen before. And he needs that. He really does need that. He needs to break out of his shell, you know? Um, but either way, I thought that this was actually a pretty good little open challenge. And it got Wesley an impressive win. And we got a little something from Von Wagner. Although I was thinking about this. Von Wagner just be appearing anywhere. He's the guy that every time they have like a random challenger or somebody that's going to be a challenger or just pop in, it's always Von Wagner. And I just realized it. Von Wagner has gotten so many like different, I feel he's gotten so many championship opportunities and it's all been super random. I don't know how to explain this, but it always happens. Von Wagner just be popping up anywhere, but there you go. So I didn't hate this at all. Um, all right. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Let's get into, um, let's get into, we got a quick little, um, match here between Hank Walker and Charlie Dempsey. Um, this was really quick. Charlie Dempsey gets him a submission. Uh, Hank Walker types taps out after this, we got a little, um, Charlie Dempsey basically didn't want to break the hold. And so you're expecting Drew Gulak to go in there, maybe help out Hank Walker, but he doesn't. Instead, we get a little stare off between uh, Charlie Dempsey and Drew Gulak. So this was fine. Nothing much else I want to add here. We got a backstage interview between Ilya Jagunov and Mackenzie Mitchell. And Ilya's just basically talking about returning. He talked about having an internal bleeding, but that the pain that he felt helped him feel alive and says, you know, that this is really all just a start for J.D. McDonough. And then he's interrupted by Trick Williams. And Trick Williams is basically pissed off about uh, how J how Ilya, how Ilya came in last week and basically took him out. And so clearly Trick Williams is pissed off, as he rightfully should be. But uh, Ilya goes out there, basically teaches them a quick lesson. And Trick Williams is a problem that probably lasted 30 seconds. J.D. McDonough finally comes out and, you know, he's talk he talks about his uh, toured retina that we did see him post about on uh, social media. And J.D. McDonough basically tells him that he's going to beat Ilya Dragunov so badly that he's not going to be able to hold his son. Uh, and then he's attacked from behind by Trick Williams. And next week, we are going to be seeing Ilya Dragunov versus Trick Williams. I'm honestly completely all in on this J.D. McDonough, Ilya Dragunov story. This is the story that I'm most interested in right now on NXT, um, besides the toxic attraction story. 
On the girl's side, I'm most interested on toxic attraction. On the guy's side, I'm most interested in Elia Dragunov and JD McDonough because I know they're going to have a pretty damn good match. And I also know that the storytelling maybe falls a little bit more in line with what I'm personally interested in. So I'm looking forward to this one a whole lot. And I think that clearly right now with JD McDonough not being able to wrestle with that torn retina, at least having Trick Williams Basically, it's going to get his ass kicked by Ilya Dragunov. I'm totally cool with scene and I'm totally cool with this. So that's where we were at with that. Um, we have one more thing to talk about, and we've kind of already talked about it at the top of the show, but we did see Roxanne Perez and Mako Satamora team up to take on Caden and Katana. This was a fine little match. Roxanne Perez gets the win with the Pop Rocks. And um, as I mentioned earlier, Mako basically tells her, I did you a favor, now do me a favor, and now return the favor, and I'm going to challenge you for the NXT Women's Championship. And NXT ends with both the, with uh, Roxanne holding up the bow and kind of staring, both of them staring at each other and the bout. Uh, so we are going to be seeing Mako Sanamora versus Roxanne Perez. I don't think they actually said when, though, um, but I'm assuming it's going to be maybe within the next few weeks. So that's going to be something to look forward to. Uh, that's pretty much where we figured this was going to go. So I liked how they use this uh, tag team match to lead into a pretty interesting match for uh, Roxanne Perez. So I was a fan of it. I was definitely a fan of that. Um, so there you go, everybody. Um, that is Roxanne Perez. Mako Satamora, Kaden Katana, and that was NXT on the Valentine's Day edition. Uh, I seriously want to thank you guys so much, as always, for tuning in. Uh, honestly, without you guys, again, I would not be here. So I'm always thankful for you guys, especially today on Happy Hearts Day. Why I just, yeah, Happy Hearts Day. That's what I'm going with. I like that. Happy Hearts Day. Uh, but I will be back tomorrow for AEW Dynamite. Uh, can't wait always my most popular show of the week. And then Friday, I will be back to talk about SmackDown and Rampage. It'll be the final show before Elimination Chamber. So that should be a fun and interesting show leading into that. And then on top of that, for those of you who don't know, on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo, I will be doing an Elimination Chamber watch along. Uh, I do a couple of these every so often when I don't go to the shows. I try to do watch alongs on my YouTube channel. And they're actually pretty fun. I have a really good time doing it. It's kind of like this. It's just a conversation. But instead of running down the show, we're literally watching things in real time and just reacting to it and hanging out and, you know, making jokes and just having a good time. So if you guys do want to check out that watch along, you are more than welcome uh, to do so on youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. Other than that, Thank you guys so much as always. And I will see you back here tomorrow for AEW Dynamite Conversation. Bye, everyone.